as I think about, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, when I'm here with the middle schoolers on Wednesdays, my microphone is louder because they're loud. <laughs> um, and when I think about the lyrics of that song, the end there is just so true to what we want as Highlands. If you don't have a home, we want you to feel that you can be at home here with us. So welcome um, to Sunday. We're excited. Um, I'm excited. Um, my name is Kevin, as you've heard a couple of times. I am the student ministries guy here. So if you are a teenager, especially, I would love to become your friend. Um, that's kind of what I get to do. It's totally cool. Um, and if you've been here uh, for the last couple of weeks at Highlands, you know that we've been in this How to Neighbor series, which is based on an important command that Jesus gave us. It's an overarching command to love our neighbors as ourselves. And he even teaches his followers, and, and Roy mentioned this in his prayer, without knowing that I had it right here in my notes, that the world will know that we are his disciples by the love that we share with one another. And that's how they will see and come to join and meet him as well. So that is kind of where we have been in our neighbor series. And actually, two weeks ago, Katie started this off and talked about how loving our neighbor or being a good neighbor, how to neighbor, is taking care of the lonely people. And we do that by giving them a hug or touching their shoulder, giving them a handshake, or by spending time with them and by truly listening to what they're talking about in their lives, what they find is significant. And I'm going to mention a few of those things again later, but it'll be a little bit different. Last week, Bobby DeLancelotti shared with us about how to be a neighbor is also to empower the poor. And there's all sorts of different kinds of poverty. I'm going to mention another one today specifically. But being a good neighbor and empowering the poor doesn't mean giving somebody a handout. Instead, it means giving them a hand up and walking alongside with them through their life. You can give a man to fish or you can teach a man to fish and be there to coach him along the way. And today, my challenge is to present to us a, an interesting conundrum of if we're being good neighbors, that means we're focused outside. But today, it's also about focusing inside with us. And so I want to challenge all of us to walk across the street, both in our neighborhoods, but also here across the rows, turning around eventually, and engaging people in real friendship with the same love and sacrifice that Jesus displayed for each of us, because he is the ultimate example, because he created us to be in community, and we need one another. And so Jesus' example, there's a um, book called The Gospel of John, and I just want to take one verse out of it, and it's from this translation called The Message, because yeah, you'll see the wordplay, but I just think it's so beautiful because it shows us what Jesus did for us. So John chapter 1, verse 14 says that the Word, which is Jesus, became flesh and blood. God Almighty took on a body just like us, and he moved into the neighborhood because he wants to show that he's going to stay. He didn't rent a house. He bought one. <laughs> Okay, um, and he wants to stay and be a part of it 
and be a real friend to all of us who need him. And that's what we're called to do as well, to move into our communities, into our relationships, and be there long-term committed to the people around us. So whether you're a first-time guest or a visitor or you've been here forever, realize that you were created for community. And that being a part of a community is a very significant way of how to neighbor. And this is true throughout Scripture. And so whether you know this Bible or not, I'm just going to mention two little places within the first, like, ten pages. And there's so many other references. But in Genesis chapter 1, God makes humanity in his image. So we have traits like him. Well, one of his most marked traits is that he is actually a community. He is a father and a son and a Holy Spirit all living together. And we have that built inside of us as well. In the next chapter, and the one right after that, we find that God says, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. And he creates a woman who is an equal but different compart I mean, compadre, that's a good word, um, to, to share life with because we are not intended to be alone. We are intended for community. And if you don't believe this, well, you can look to science. One in five people in the United States today, over 60 million people, are chronically lonely. That's one out of every one of your rows. Not the whole row, but like your little section. That's a lot of people. And though we have technology, as I'm looking at my iPad, well, it's not an iPad, but anyway, um, and social media and things, and we can get to people faster than ever before, Sadly, this has made our relationships, not as a bad thing, but we've taken it and made it so convenient that we've lost something. I mean, when is the last time that you've sat across the table from someone and had an uninterrupted conversation? And if you have, keep going. <laughs> Instead of scrolling through and seeing the post and liking something and that being your good work of friendship for the day. Don't trade your digital, I mean, your actual friends for your digital friends. Um, another thing that science tells us, I have a great friend named Jenny who Drew knows. We talked about this, my roommate. She has a favorite phrase. I haven't seen her in years, but I know she still says it because I see it on Instagram. Four hugs a day. It's the minimum. <laughs> you and I are, we need human physical touch to keep us healthy, to relieve our stress, and it does so many other good things. This is science. This, God built us this way, but it's also proven by science. And those who don't have physical touch end up being super stressful. They eventually go to loneliness, usually depression. And if you look at the statistics, they die years earlier because someone isn't there to be present with them. And you can't hug yourself, so you need a community. <laughs> So you and I were created for community. So what does that look like and what does God's word have to say about it? Well, we're going to look at a letter here that the Apostle Paul wrote to an early church in Corinth. But first, let me pray and then we'll get through this long but very beautiful passage about what it means to be part of a community. Jesus, I thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for bringing each and every one of us here. 
And though I don't personally know where we all are, you do. So Lord, would you speak into our minds and our hearts? Remind us of that deep longing that we have to belong and help us know that we can do that wherever we are, God, as we're a part of your family, the community here at Highlands, the body of Christ. So we give this morning to you in Jesus' name, amen. So 1 Corinthians, this beautiful chapter in the middle of this long book talks about how we all have different gifts, usually things that the Spirit has given us of ways to serve. I'm not going to go through all of that stuff for you people who know about spiritual gifts. The overarching thing is what's really important. So follow along with me. Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts. Yeah, you're a runner and I'm not. (laughs) But the same Spirit distributes them all. And there are different kinds of service. Some people are great at smiling and other people are great at doing, you know, accounting. But the same Lord gives them. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And now to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit or a spiritual gift is given for the common good, not for yourself, but for everyone's benefit, the common good. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And just as one body, though, I mean, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. So God has given each one of us, whether we know them or realize them or not, unique talents and personalities and perspectives, our gifts, especially our spiritual gifts. And they are intended for everyone's benefit, not just our own. In fact, you play a unique and specific role in the community of Paso in the community of Highlands, in the community of your family, that only you can play. God created you to be a part of the body of Christ that only you can be. And you might say, well, I'm not very good at anything. I don't have anything significant to contribute. Or you might say, I don't know anyone, and they're not aware that I'm even here, so who needs me? Or maybe you can say, I don't have time or energy or any kind of motivation to do things for other people because I'm so running ragged just trying to manage my own stuff. And yeah, some of those things have reasons in them, but really mostly they're excuses because you are one of a kind. There's never been another you and there never ever will be. Yeah, your DNA says that, but let me give you some broader perspective on that. There's never been anyone with your skills and weaknesses, which are actually a beautiful opportunity for someone else to rise to the occasion in community. There's never been any, anyone else with your same family and life experiences that forms your thinking so that you can share a different perspective on God's word or on life or whatever. There's never been anyone else with your same passion and excitement It's unique to you, and we need you to pull us along as we serve together. There's never been another one like you who has the same personality, the same perspective, the same insights, 
and even the same questions about life and faith. And all of those things together make you unique and make you the only one who can be you in the community. And you're, by the way, the only one who has your friends and your family and can invite them to be a part of the community as well. You are one of a kind, and God created you to be the part, not a part, the part of the body that only you can be. I can switch it around and say it a little bit different for emphasis. Only you, only you can be the part of the body that God created you to be. No one else. So let's keep going. 1 Corinthians 12, 15. Now if the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand that I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet that I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and even indispensable, I mean, are, they are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. I love that picture. It reminds me of whose line is it anyway when the guy stands behind the other one and they stick their arms through and they're trying to feed, they can't see, but it gets all messy. It's hilarious, right? If you don't have a hand or eyes, it's very hard to put cookies in your mouth. And if we had time, it would have actually involved some of you, brought you up here. I've got cookies over there to have you try it. I'll save that for middle school. <laughs> Only you can be the part of the body that God created you to be. And you can't do it all by yourself. You're just one part. We all need you, and you need all of us in order to be the person and live the life that God intends for us to enjoy. And same thing, a little different. We need you, and you need all of us to accomplish the God-sized work that he has for his church. I can't do it alone. There's no way. I try, which isn't the greatest thing, but that's okay. I've got people that help, and it's totally awesome. But we would love to have more of you. So as a church and as a community, we will never be able to be the good neighbor that Paso and Templeton and Atascadero and San Miguel need us to be unless you are part of it. And it's not a matter, like I said, of contributing something really significant because your question gives someone else an opportunity that they didn't have. Your doubt, your loneliness gives someone an opportunity to grow and enjoy even more love and hugs and the benefits that come along with it. Your weaknesses are a win-win 
in the context of Christian community. So Paul finishes up this thought with just a few more verses. Here we go. God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I I could end right there, but I won't. God knew what he was doing when he made you, and he knew what he was doing when he somehow brought you to Highlands, whether it was 10 years ago, two months ago, or today for the first time. He called each and every one of you, including me, to be a part of his family or the body of Christ and to play a part that only you and I can play. And to accomplish this God-given part, we must walk across the street and enter into generous and compassionate and committed friendships with people. And I know it's not easy. and Things get messy and we get angry, like Roy was talking about earlier too. And yeah, it does cost us, and sometimes we will suffer and have pain. But our life will be so much more rich and joyful and valuable as we go through those things together. It's how God designed us. So today, if you are feeling lonely, alone, or disconnected, listen to the words of that song that Ben and the band sang. For all the lonely people, don't give up until that final day. (laughs) Keep trying to be in community with people. Specifically, I challenge you, if you're feeling disconnected, give one of our groups a shot, not for one week, (laughs) but for four. (laughs) And as you meet with people, you might find that you might like them. (laughs) And they might actually care about you. And you'll begin to see how this, this thing works called the community of God. They need you just as much as you need them. So try women's ministry on Tuesday or Alpha Group on Monday or Young Adults on Tuesday or Middle School with me on Wednesday. I need more volunteers. (laughs) There's so many ways, but get connected and do life with people. If you are connected here on Sundays, that's great. Go further. Groups need you to share your questions and to grow alongside of them. And you might not think that you have anything to share, but your life and your perspective and how you think about the world and understand Jesus really might be the the thing that answers someone's long-term question you never would have known. And if you have been a part of our community for a while, take the next step, be a good neighbor, and intentionally invite new people into your strong community. Maybe it's someone you meet here Take them out to brunch afterwards. Don't have to do it all the time, but maybe once a month is a goal. I don't know. Maybe it's having a barbecue and inviting your neighbors over. Uh, You've seen them, but do you know their names? Maybe it's, I don't know, bringing a friend to your community group or whatever. I love this one. This is personal to me. Learn the name of a teenager here on Sunday morning. 
And as you see them throughout the week, or even just on Sundays, ask them about life, about school, about sports, and just listen. You might be older and think that they don't care, but they will love it, <laughs> especially if, they're, if you're not their parents. <laughs> and they don't bite. They don't have rabies, so that's another good thing, don't you? We are created for community, and we need it, and we need to be it for other people. Each and every one of us is a part of the body, and only we can play that role. So let's neighbor here in our church and outside. Let's walk across the street in intentional relationship. And through that, let Christ's love shine so brightly that the community around us would know that we love him and that we love them. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your truth that rings throughout each and every one of us that we are not made to be alone. Lord, wherever we are, call us to be a part of your community and or take even further steps to invite more people into it this morning. Whether it's a smile, a word, or even a hug, um, God, or whether it's an invitation to join a group, do your work. Build us to be your family so that the world might know who you are through us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.